It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And for podcasting. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, ask for the Pork Fanatic. Shaved smoked pork loin tossed in Jethro's original barbecue sauce. Topped with American cheese, fried pickles, and crispy onion strings. The PSAs you hear on Miller and & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending some of your morning here with us. Uh, BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this. We are all over the place this morning. We will start uh, at the bottom of the hour looking at the NBA with Kyle Irving. Not Kyrie Irving, the player, but Kyle Irving, the sports writer. Uh, he covers the NBA for the Sporting News. Uh, he'll join us uh, at 10.30. At 10.50 or somewhere around that time, Ben Gislason, the voice of the Iowa Wild, uh, only two home games left in the regular season as they cling to one of those coveted playoff spots. Four left, two of them at home, Friday and Saturday night. We'll talk to Ben coming up at 10.50. At uh, 11.05, Stuart Mandel covers college football, college sports uh, for The Athletic. We will uh, speak with him. NIL, I'm sure, will come up at some point. Well, <laughs> probably the main focus of the conversation with Mandel. Uh, he was the one that wrote the piece that came out what's today, probably Tuesday uh, with uh, some of the um, amount of money that uh, some of the guys that were going to sign for, the three-star defensive linemen getting $300,000, et cetera, et cetera. So where is it going? When if it, it Does there uh, reach a saturation point? That type of stuff uh, with Stuart Mandel at 11.05. And then it's Thursday, one week from the NFL draft. Uh, Sports Info Solutions, Matt Manasarin, who's covered the Help Us with the Draft for the last three Thursdays, will be with us here today. And then next Thursday, a week from today, of course, is round number one of the NFL Draft from the fountains in front of the Bellagio on the Strip in downtown Las Vegas. I think that's going to be a... um, A spectacle, if nothing else. A beautiful sight, and if you want to make your own draft, well, you can come out and see us on Wednesday as I'll be out there with the Sports Fanatics from 3 until 6 at Ken's Not-So-Secret Speakeasy downstairs at the Iowa Tap Room, and uh, come out, make your pick for your team. All the information, you can find more about that, but going to be a fun time out there hanging out with the Fanatics, and of course, Russ Carew, as you know, Loves mm-hmm. the NFL draft, maybe more than anybody I know, uh, with Graphite Construction yeah. Group and uh, doing that for the second straight year. he's a Chiefs fan, right? He's a season yes. ticket holder, so his squad's got a couple of picks. And uh, he's uh, had opportunities uh, to go down, you know, to kind of do the pomp and circumstance that they have for season ticket holders. So he's not going to do that. In fact, we're going to go out there Friday and uh, do our show live next Friday from 
Graphite Construction Group. You and, and I are? Yeah. And uh, Okay. <laughs> well, it's in Ankeny, so I figured Better yet. that was an easy sell for you. Well, I would have gone anywhere. But yeah, uh, but that's good. I didn't know that. And uh, you can see their golf simulator that they got there. Maybe we'll get you a couple of swings I'm so you can get ready. Because you said it. you're playing Otter Creek this year. Well, one, the of weather, these, one of these years. If the weather cooperates at some point. Yeah, apparently this is spring here today. So it's going to come out at 11 o'clock, and then tonight is just going to be absolutely brutal. Uh, heavy rain, according to the WHO TV forecast. Anyways, uh, that's what's coming up on the program here today. You know, I, I'm excited to watch the the first round of the NFL draft mm-hmm. next week. Uh, you've seen the fountains at the Bellagio, right? Have you yeah. actually stopped and, and mm-hmm. got on the strip and watched them? Yeah, a long it's time ago. Cool. Yeah, my wife and I were out there probably oh, five, six years ago mm-hmm. and did that. You know, when you first go out there. I got to see it. Walk by, okay, okay, whatever, because I was 22 and bombed and... <laughs> Right. That was enough of that. Let's move on. It was kind of one of those. But yeah, with the wife, a little slow yeah. down uh, kind of aspect to it. It is really cool. It's more than just fountains, right? No, it is. It's 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 a, it's a light show. It's, it's, it's a display. I used to try and get a flamingo room at the flamingo with uh, overlooking the fountains. Mm-hmm. Or I actually stayed at the Bellagio on the top floor once. I have no idea how I got that room, but I did. That's sweet. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and um, oh, it was unbelievable. It's really cool. Anyways. Uh, basketball last night was really Trent. This NBA, I know that we don't follow it. We've just got so many other things that keep us preoccupied, right? Sports wise, when in the uh, in the winter months, right? I mean, I when I was state are going to move the needle. No offense to the Sacramento Kings. Yep, <laughs> right. We're going to talk about the um, about college basketball, but once the playoffs, and we say the same thing every year. I know we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, just how good. NBA basketball is. It's a different version, clearly, from from the regular season. I mean, they, they play defense. Um, you know, a Tuesday night in January on a back-to-backer, you're probably not going to get the best effort out of the guys. The, the sit-outs now that have become such a big part right, yeah. of the NBA, yeah. that takes a little something What's the, away. There, there's a term they use for it. Load management. Load management, yes. Uh, the load management has become such a big... You're right. But man, oh man, once this thing gets to the playoffs, the level of play on display... You know, there's there's a reason why I think we both struggle to slot guy. Well, this is a great college player. He's going to be an NBA <laughs> player for sure. And then you see what's on the floor and the talent level that's on display any given night in these things. Trent was unbelievable again last night. Unbelievable again last night. I don't care what game you want to talk about first. They all had uh, wow moments, every single one of them. You know, let's start with game one, which the Celtics come back and get it done. After being down 10, the half down 17 early in the basketball game. And to your point, you know, watching these dudes play at the high level, yeah, we know the stars. And yeah, but it's more than that. Watching a guy like Bruce Brown. Yes. I have... A faint memory Barkley of him. said the same thing at halftime with you. He said, oh, really? Oh, no, it was Shaq. It was Shaq that said it. He said, I'm grateful for my guys like Kobe. And he went down the list that got him the championship. But then he went to the role players. And his point was, like Brown, you just brought up, yeah. you can't win without these guys. Bruce Brown was a eh. guy that, oh, yeah, he's, he's the best player in Miami. That, that's it. That's right. all you know. Right. And now he's out there, and he's a really good NBA mm-hmm. player. Nick Claxton. I didn't even know he went to Georgia until I had to look it up last night. Where the hell did this guy come from? Well, I don't know where he came from. He didn't practice his free throws right. as a kid. That much we know. Was that Tom Green that was uh, was trying oh. to help him out? Because Trent, he airballed a free throw last night. 
in Boston. And it's so mental with him, too, oh, on top of Jesus. it. I mean, not only is it a terrible stroke, you can see he's thinking. He came up short. You know how embarrassing that must have been in front of 21,000 Celtics fans, plus whoever was watching around the world? Oh, man. Oh, it's just terrible. But, I mean, that's that's the the one weak spot in his game. But Durant, I mean, he was good in the first half. Um, Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. I don't know, did the fans get into his head you from wonder, game one? Right. If it, was it where he got into his own head a little bit, Maybe. too? I mean, because he went, and after game one, he revered that. He loved that. He mm-hmm. enjoyed Feeds off it. And suddenly, it goes the other way. Uh-huh. And you start to get a little bit of that self-doubt going, and, and suddenly it can go as bad as it was. I was shocked when I saw it. Because watched most of the second half, and I knew it was bad. And Durant, they talked about it during the broadcast. He was 0-10 in the second half. Yeah, Him and Kyrie combined. 1 of 17 Mm-mm-mm. in the second half. We talk about bad performances. We talked about DeRozan in game one for the Bulls. What was that? 5 of 24. Yep. We talked about you know some of the ugly performances. That, but that? Mm. 1 of 17 from and not just was, a guy. Right. John, the guy. John Starks in the finals You know, with the Knicks. We talk about those performances. Even Kobe you know, when they lost to the Celtics in game seven. Bad performances on an individual basis. But two guys, two stars, two of the mm-hmm. top five most yeah. talented players yeah. in the league right now, and they're both brutal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brutal. There was one for sure, and I think there was two. Um, Durant had his shot blocked, swatted away by a kid that was, I don't know who it was. He was probably, it might have been Pritchard because he was in his you-know-whats all night. <laughs> Peyton Pritchard, who's 6'1". Trent, honest to God, and he, I mean, he gives him no space. Mm-hmm. Their guts are, their bellies are touching each other. He's that close to him. It was, uh, boy, he's a player too, isn't he? he? Is, Jesus. Yeah. Some of the, some of the role guys that Shaq pointed out and you started pointing out here this morning, guys like Pritchard. We'll get to the Bulls and Caruso coming up. God, I love him. How do you not? <laughs> great but, defender, great oh, passer. Jesus. Just a brutal shooter, though. Right. I mean, he's walking down the street. There goes an NBA player. Where? That guy right there? No, he's not. He that, teaches high school. That bald dork you see right. walking down the street. He works on my car. <laughs> right. I what see him at the Amico shot. Yeah, what a player. Jeez. But the uh, but now Boston goes, um, uh, the series shifts to Brooklyn 2 nothing. So are they out? Are the Nets out? Would you be tempted? Um, because I know they're got to be significant plus money right now. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn to come back and win it. Look, they've still got Durant. They've still got Irving. As you said, two of the best to the certainly top 10 players sure. in the league, Absolutely. right? And they're on the same team. Is it over? All Boston did was hold serve, and they needed everything in order to do that. So I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. I don't think this thing is over. Yeah, now the Nets have to win for the next five. Right. That's tough. Yes. That's tough to do. Yep. But this team, yeah, they can do it because mm-hmm. there's going to be a Durant performance where he scores 40. Right. There's going to be a Kyrie game where he scores 40. You're going back home. Yeah, there'll be a ton of Celtic fans in the building. We get that. Uh-huh. It's not going to be a normal, if you will, home court advantage. But no, I'm not throwing dirt on this I'm Nets team either. yet. Seth Curry was good last night. He was. Uh, he had a he had a really good night last night. Drogic in the first half was, uh, uh, what do you have, 16. He, he finished with 18, so he did all his damage uh, in, the, in the first 24 minutes of the basketball game. But boy, that set the table. And then, uh, and then we get to uh, um, NBA TV. I have no idea who broadcast the game, and I didn't see much of it. I, st- I picked up the game probably three minutes left in regulation, and... Um, and then obviously watch watch the entire overtime. Boy, Nick Nurse is fun. You know what I found myself doing? I found myself watching Nick 
on the sidelines. Some of his um, yeah gyrations, just, just sitting down. There was one period. Um, so Philadelphia's got the ball. They're going to take the last shot. And he squatted down like a catcher, and he didn't move. He just sat there for the entire possession, uh, which is good for him because he's animated on the sidelines. Really cool that we got an eye when coaching basketball in the NBA, right? An NBA champion. And more animated than most NBA coaches are. Mm-hmm. Very stoic on the sidelines, kind of goes hand-in-hand with the shocking announcement last night of Jay Wright announcing his yes. retirement. And you know, his uh, the national championship... Chris oh, Jenkins three, right. and all just he does, turns around, walks, yep. goes, shake hands. You can just see if you get a shot of his face, he he lips bang, mm-hmm. and that's all he that's does. That's it. That's it. Just yep. won a championship. Yep. yep, and that's all it was. So Nick Nurse is a little bit different, certainly for an NBA coach. Just how animated he is on the sidelines. I'm with you, and it's fun. And they cut and like I know that guy. I've met him before. Yeah, I know that guy. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool to see and a guy that's really well respected. But coming into the series, people said, "Well, there's a huge coaching advantage him him versus Doc." Mm-hmm. Has not played out. And Doc, that play he drew up for Embiid. Did you see the cut of him? It was after the game that I saw. I think it was on me. No, then probably not if it was after the game. I, was I can't gone. remember if it was TNT and one of the post game coverage or Sports Center. But regardless, if you can find it, it's really cool. Doc drawing up that final play in the way. For Embiid to make the three? They, the motion that they set up initially yeah. with the three guys on the right side. And then, yeah, Embiid coming back then on the kind of the, the delayed part of it. How he drew that up, the conversation that he's having with the guys, it was a really good piece. Mm. Nine times out of ten, those coaches' clips that you see where they're drawing up a play, yeah, it's, just, it's stupid. Right. It's, it's not going to happen that way. No. And that actually played out in that fashion. Wow. I thought it was really cool, and at least as an X's and O standpoint, something that Doc's not exactly known for. Mm-hmm. I respected him a lot more than that. I thought it was really cool. I'll see if I can find the clip, and, and I'll put it up on the Miller and Connor. Yeah, I'd like, I'd, I'd like to see it. I mean, look, at the, the Philadelphia's lucky the game gets to overtime. There's, I don't know, 15 seconds left, whatever it was. Free throws again? Yes! Make them! Would you please? You missed them both! Yeah. Good God, what's his name? It's really tough to pronounce. Precious is his first Precious name. Achua. Achua, right. Memphis guy. Right. I mean, we missed them both. Make make one. There's no OT. It's 2-1. We got ourselves a series. I don't think we do now. And then let's get Jeff. Be patient. We'll get to you, Jeff. I know you're yang in there. Uh, and then the Bulls and the Bucks, Trent. I'm I'm really glad that the Bulls got a split here. Mm-hmm. I thought that as we talked with Cappy yesterday, though he did take the points. He did uh, when he was on with us yesterday. I think Cap and I both felt like you know what, game one was their shot. That's where I was too. Yeah, they had, had the a opportunity. Yep. They had plenty of opportunities. The Bucks turned it over 21 times, mm-hmm. didn't shoot it well. That's yep. the game that you steal. Right. Now, didn't. we did have a caveat because we we all said, look, DeRozan's not going to play as poorly as he did in game number one. And as we saw, he went for 41. But this Caruso, what he brings to this team, he's, as I know it's cliche, but it's true. He's like another coach on the floor. Right, he really and truly. What goes on between his ears, his basketball IQ is off the charts. A great facilitator, an incredible defender, and in a team that scoring is not a big deal, right? Vucevic, he can, he can score. Mm-hmm. That's he's not a great defender himself, but he can score. You yep. got DeRozan, you got Levine Make when he threes. gets hot. You, you got guys that you feel comfortable with. Kobe White ever gets healthy. You know, he's a guy that you can so score. So far, would you cop on? He's almost in that bust category, right? Because he was Close. a top, he was a lottery pick. Yes, absolutely. And he has been yeah. a disappointment yeah. because of that. He's had his moments, but yeah, I thought he was going to be way better and he should have never cut his hair. And how, how different, though, they are with him out on the floor, with Caruso on the uh-huh. floor. It's completely different. What he does just as a defender, those smarts, 
there was just so many of those plays too where they come out, they hedge him hard on a screen, and he just makes the right play mm-hmm. every single time. Either lead, you know, hockey assist, not yep. the assist, but the second yep, assist secondary, that he got. Yep. And what do you have? Ten assists last night. Yeah. He just ran the team incredibly well and got to Rosen going at Did, the right time. Was there a point late in the basketball? I don't know what it was. Twenty twenty seconds left. Milwaukee's getting offensive rebound after mm-hmm. offensive rebound. Giannis is just being a man. Yes. I thought, you know what? They're, they're going to find a way to steal this game. Well, I bet on them with 10 minutes left. I you bet on did. them with two minutes left. I bet on them with about a minute so left. So 10 minutes left, what were you getting? Uh, I think the money line at that point was like, it was. they were down, I think down five when I yeah. did it. And I think I got like plus 110. So you, But you kept going back for more. <laughs> just... Oh, the live betting. Put the phone away, man. Oh, <laughs> you. Look at you over there. Yeah, I got to. Anyway, let's get Jeff in here. We'll get to the baseball coming up in just a second. We will talk more NBA at the bottom of the hour. I look forward to that conversation. Jeff, what's on your mind? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, first, I just want to talk about the uh, Celtics and Nets series. You know, we're going to find out in a couple of days, you know, Steve Nash and his, uh, you know, his coaching and his adjustments to be made. Uh, going back to Brooklyn, um, just, is Simmons uh, going to play? Well, even even if Simmons does play, what are we going to get? Defense. Uh, what do we know? Oh, okay, defense. But what's he going to get? Is he yes, going to play the fourth? True. Is his head there? No, I don't uh, think so. Would Boston start fouling to get on the free throw line? That's mm-hmm. what I do. Mm-hmm. I don't. So I don't know what he's really going to give you. And here's the other problem. And I love uh, Seth Curry and, and Grogage. They can't play defense. Mm-hmm. So when they're when they're out when they're out on the court. Yes, they're going to give you offense if they get the ball. And, you know, here's another caveat that I want, you know, the listeners and you guys to think about. Durant was with Golden State. He left Golden State because he wanted to be the guy, and it was yeah. it was Steph's team. and yada. So he, he goes and he goes with his best friend to Brooklyn. And what have they done? And on top of that, they're both ball-dominant players. So you both are watching the game last night. I had, I had coaches and friends text me. It's hard to watch. Because when they catch it, they're just going to just pound, mm-hmm. pound, pound for about 18 seconds. Kyrie's going to drive. Durant's going to settle for a 16-18 contested jump mm-hmm. shot, which they weren't falling last mm-hmm. night. They don't move the basketball. And when you tell people, oh, how about you go watch Golden State and see the free-flowing offense? You got, I'm, now I'm rattling with Golden State, and that's not my point. The point is, even if you bring back Simmons, what's that going to do offensively? Nothing. No. Nothing. I mean, last time we saw so, it, he passed up a layup in Game 7, mm-hmm. right? And I've been, I don't think has he played since? No, I didn't think no, so. Has, has not played since. Yeah, has not played since. So I don't know what we're really going to get out of him. I think it's kind of now. I'm with Trent. It's back on the home court. We'll see. But it starts with, in my opinion, what can Steve Nash do adjustment wise to get it back to two one? Uh, real quick with the Bulls. Hey, the Bulls should be up two two zero. You know they they played us. Yeah. I thought they played really good game one, game two. Yes, we see. You know we're seeing shots fall, and now we're going back to. It should be a unbelievable environment for Game Three against, you know, the the champs. I think the Bulls have a really hot shot. I think the NBA playoffs right now is on fire. Yeah. The Sun series is yep. on fire. This series is going to be on fire. Golden State's playing better than ever. So if I think if there's fringe NBA fans or fans that are fed up with college basketball <laughs> and want to leave that space, come to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the door's open for you. No, Jeff, thanks for the call. I appreciate you make a really good point because you know what, Trent? We had this conversation the last few years. Round one of the NBA playoffs, oh, yeah. stinkers. Yes. Awful. These have been fantastic. Well, and it's something that has been a conversation piece in the NBA this year is just how much deeper the league has been and how mm-hmm. much it is not just 
three, four, five teams. There are eight to ten teams that are all really good. Now, can eight to ten win a championship? Probably not. Right. But the depth of the league has got that much better. Where you're looking at these teams and just how much, well, the eight seed Pelicans were awful. We talked about that yesterday. Yeah. Started off 0 11 and, and what they are. But you progress and you go through this bracket. The Nets are a seven seed. Right, right. <laughs> just it, how ridiculous that is in in its own right. It was almost unfair that they got that. That Boston got that matchup. Yeah, it really was. Robert Williams, the still probably a few days away from okay. from returning. Now they said in a report yesterday, I read, still they're saying one to three weeks away. But mm-hmm. he went through three on three drills, I guess, with the team during the practice the day before uh, yesterday. Him, if you haven't watched the Celtics with him, that'll be another one. That's an eye opener. And of course, he he comes back healthy. Because you talk about this team defensively and what he does and just hedging screens and how good and athletic he is. It's a great defensive team that you're watching right now, but you put Williams out there, it goes to another level. Who do you like right now in the East? Hmm. I don't like anybody. I mean, in terms of a betting perspective. Yeah, to to win it all. I wouldn't probably put anything down on anybody. I don't have that good of a chance. Yeah, I'm with you. I was kind of boring bucks. Buck Suns rematch. Yeah. That's where I was before the playoffs. Doesn't but feel like that now. No, not at all. And, and what's going on with Middleton? As he goes back well, to the Well, I guess an MRI room. today, apparently. And just how different that team yes. is without him. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the Celtics. For, uh, that's where I was leaning. Yeah. That's where I was leaning. I don't think it's the Sixers. I just but but we just said we don't want to throw dirt on the Nets. Right. Yeah. Oh, game three is going to be outstanding. I got to I got to bring this up, and it's a baseball, and most of you probably don't care about the Angels and the Astros. But I saw something last night I don't think I've ever seen. Okay, right? Maybe I have, but I don't recall it. So the game is in Houston, mm-hmm. and Otani's got a perfect game going through five. Yep, through five. In fact, through five, he had I think tw- um, fit, uh, his first sixteen outs, twelve of them were strikeouts. <laughs> Not too shabby. So Houston's at the Houston's um, Houston's batting bottom of the fifth perfect game going. The second baseman whose name escapes me for the Astros takes his spot in the batter's box and it wasn't Altuve. No, it was not. No, it wasn't Altuve. He's out. Um, and Joe Madden calls for the shift, puts the shift on. So everybody moves over to the first base side, leaving third base wide open. The second baseman. Lays down a bunt in the fifth inning, not the ninth. Mm-hmm. The fifth inning. It was a five nothing at the time. It was five zip. Yeah. Five zip. Lays down a bunt. The Astros fans booed their own player. Now the Astros are getting plenty of boos, right? But they're getting booed at home for trying road. to break up a perfect game by the opposing pitcher. Wow! I was stunned by that. That's excellent. That was great. Yeah, I mean, Houston fans kind of move up a little bit in my book after this one. I mean, look, if it was in the ninth inning, yeah, those unwritten rules of baseball can bite you in the you-know-what, right? But this is the fifth inning, and their guy's trying to get on base to, you know, ignite a uh, comeback or score a couple of runs, make it close. Um but anyways, I don't think I've ever seen it. So he, he gave up the no-hitter in the sixth inning. I think it was a 3-2 count. Uh, and it was, it, was, it was pretty well-struck ball. It wasn't like a fluke, um, a little jam shot into, into the uh, shallow outfield to break up the no-no. But, man, this kid, Trent, I mean, it's just unbelievable to watch him. Not only with the, in the batter's box, on the pitcher's mound, on the base path. He's so smart. He is so good. We've never seen anything like this in baseball. We, none of us were alive for Babe Ruth. None of us in that era. What what we're seeing in this kid is um, it's special. It really is. And he's going to have some company coming up from the Japanese leagues. This kid with all the strikeouts. Roki 
Sazaki. Is that his name? Who nearly had back-to-back perfect games. Right. And people will say the Japanese league. He lost it in the eighth, right? Yeah. It's his first perfect game. He did it in 105 pitches. He had 17 strikeouts. Think of that. Mm-hmm. He didn't go to a three-ball count, I believe, mm-hmm. in the game. This guy is 20 years old. He throws it 100 miles an hour. He is as dominant as anybody that young. Of course, he had the posting fees and everything that are going to come along with it. And also, remember, the Players Union right now is still talking with baseball and trying to figure out, are they going to have an international draft? Is that a direction they go? Mm -hmm. So it's not going to suddenly be, hey, the Dodgers just put up the biggest posting fee and they're going to get the Sasaki. No, it very well could be. He might be a Pittsburgh Pirate. (laughs) You know, he he might be, if the international draft goes into effect... That would be the route that it would go, but this but kid the is a Pirates don't spend any money, but this might be the one time, right? If it's a draft, though, he'd fill he'd fill their home ballpark every uh, every time he to- took the mound. Man, oh man! Um, I just heard from the uh, the number one Detroit ti- the president of the uh, Des Moines chapter, the Detroit Tiger fan club. Oh, who's that? Mike Mahon. Okay, reminding me, Cabrera's going for three thousand hits this afternoon, and he got three of them last night. He did he was pissed off because they didn't? He came in a losing effort. Is that what yeah. he said after the game? I didn't want to talk about it, but no. Look, a remarkable career. Uh, I'm glad Mike uh, reminded us of that, as there'll be another member of the three thousand club, if not today, certainly by the time the weekend's out. He's that good. All right, let's uh, give, speaking of baseball, and we are, but we're going to get back to baseball, and we will, or to basketball, we will. It's time for another $1,000 home run. Enter this nationwide contest at kxno.com, kxno.com. Once you get there, enter the keyword bills. That's bills at kxno.com. Another chance to win coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. And then again at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 5 o'clock. Bills at kxno.com. Back to the NBA on the other side of this timeout. Miller and Condon underway on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Back to work. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, just past 10.30 on a Thursday, Miller and Condon. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you until just before noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. As promised, right back into the NBA we go. Kyle Irving writes about the NBA at the Sporting News, sportingnews.com, and he joins us. Kyle, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, thanks for coming on, Kyle. How are you? Thanks for having me, guys. I'm doing great. How are you today? Doing fine. You know, Kyle, it seems to me that the last couple of years, the first round of the playoffs have been kind of, hmm, you know, they, it ratchets up uh, the excitement level and the play level and the edge of your seat level as the playoffs gone on. That has certainly not been the case so far in these NBA playoffs. These are off to a tremendous start, uh, and it's great for, uh, it's great for uh, the NBA that people now uh, are gravitating to it. And if you're a fringe fan, boy, buckle up and, and tune in because this has been unbelievable. Yeah, it really has been incredible. I mean, I think aside from the Philly-Toronto series, which, I mean, even that went down to a thrilling finish last night with a Joel Embiid fadeaway game winner from, for three, which is absolutely ridiculous from a seven-footer, uh, you know, everything else mm-hmm. aside. All of these series are have been pretty competitive so far. I mean, even, you know, the Celtics and Nets, with the Celtics leading 2-0, those have been two great games. The Miami Heat have kind of handled the Atlanta Hawks to get out to a 2-0 lead, as have the Golden State Warriors. But, I mean, aside from that, you have four series right now that are all square at 1-1. And I still feel like, between Miami and Atlanta and between Boston and Brooklyn, 
those series are still up for grabs. So like you said, I mean, there's no shortage of intensity, no shortage of action, and it really feels like this year uh, the playoff atmosphere has picked up a level uh, just because of how much parity there is in the NBA and how uncertain we are uh, with which team is going to reach the NBA Finals from each conference. bulls Buck series was one that most people had, if not a sweep, this thing's going five. Well, the Bulls already got a game last night. They had a great opportunity in Game 1. It's still going to take a lot to obviously unseat the Bucks, but with the injury to Middleton, the the MCL, he's getting an MRI today. Can the Bulls really do this? Can they really win this series? And would it take maybe Middleton being out for that to happen? I mean, all of a sudden, with Chris Middleton's MCL injury, that changes everything. I think that people forget how good Chris Middleton really is just because of how much attention is drawn to Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I even feel like at times Drew Holiday gets noticed more just mm-hmm. because of the defensive assignments that he takes on, always guarding the toughest perimeter player. Um, but Chris Middleton out is massive. I mean, this is a guy that scored 40 points in the NBA Finals last year. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does as a playmaker, initiating offense for that team. And all of a sudden with him out, I think the Chicago Bulls do have a chance. I'm going to be the first to tell you that I was someone that had uh, the Chicago Bulls to lose this series in five games. <laughs> and now, I mean, you have DeMar DeRozan who came out and said after game one, I'm not going to go six for 25 again. And what did he do? He responded and went for 41 points last night. I mean, the guy is a machine. And we still haven't really seen Zach Levine get going either. So I feel like the Bulls still have more to prove here. Alex Crusoe was unbelievable down the stretch mm-hmm. last night. He made so many winning plays, whether it was taking a charge on Giannis. He was just doing everything. He was, I mean, he's guarding Giannis, and he's giving up almost six <laughs> inches on him. It's incredible what Alex Crusoe has been doing to you know, make the, the Bulls play winning basketball this year when he's been healthy. So, you know, it's still a tall task. You still have to stop Giannis. They still have Drew Holiday. They have other guys that are stepping up. Brooke Lopez uh, was dealing with a back injury all year, but he's looking as healthy as he's been in, in seasons at this point. Um, so it's still a tall task for the Bulls, but I do feel like all of a sudden this went from a series that, you know, people were pegging it as a four-game sweep or a gentleman sweep in five games, and now all of a sudden the Bulls are looking like they might be able to take this thing to six games. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, before the, uh, before the playoffs started, uh, I think Trent and I both felt, ah, here we go again. It's going to be the Suns and the, and the Bucks. It's a repeat of last year. Maybe the, maybe the Suns will get them. Man, after what we've seen so far, I don't feel like that at all. I think the Celtics, although like you, I'm not ready to write off Brooklyn just yet, but it's Golden State to me that's been the eye opener with Curry coming off the benches. He's still not a hundred percent. Um, I, I get the Joker's uh, on a level by himself, right? He's the best player on the floor. But that seemingly players two through, I don't know, five or six are all wearing Golden State uniforms. Golden State, to me, looks as though they did when they were winning those those championships. Yeah, I agree. I think that's actually the best way to put it is the fact that even if Jokic is the best player in the series, I would say probably the next six players, you would probably have to go six players down before you would get to another Nuggets player if you were ranking every player in that series. And I think what's scary is, I mean, we've seen the Golden State Warriors have success in that death lineup that they had used back in the day. At first it was, you know, playing Draymond Green as a small ball center with Harrison Barnes, and then they replaced Harrison Barnes with Kevin Durant, which, you know, was a terrifying thing in its own right. And we saw them dominate the league for a couple of years. And now we're finding that Steph Curry coming off the bench has unlocked another death lineup for Steve Kerr. He's gone to Jordan Poole who has been incredible for the Warriors this year. I mean, this guy played 12 games in the G League last year, and now he's been one of their best players on the NBA playoff stage. And they're playing a small ball lineup that has three guards with him, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson. I mean, that's unlimited shooting. They have Andrew Wiggins, who even though he's struggling, he's still someone you have to worry about offensively. And then Draymond Green, who's one of the best defensive players I've ever seen play the sport. 
uh, you know, holding down the middle at center, and he's giving Jokic everything he has. And Jokic hasn't really done a whole lot in this series. So, and he's been frustrated. Know, are, mm-hmm. Say it again. He's been frustrated too. Yeah, very frustrated. Yep. I mean, we saw him get thrown out of the game the other night. How many times have we seen a league MVP be thrown out of a mm-hmm. playoff game? I mean, it happened to him last year in the playoffs against the Suns in the Western Conference Finals, and again the other night. Uh, but that's what Draymond does. He gets under your skin. And, I mean, like you said, the Warriors are looking like that team that ran the league for, you know, two, three, four years at this point. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with they're getting back to familiarity with that death lineup with Jordan Poole being that key missing piece. Let's go up to Minnesota. The T-Wolves get the split in Memphis, now back home for the next two games. And I'll tell you, a lot of buzz out there. It's a series a lot of people are looking forward to just because of all the young talent on both sides. Same kind of question that we had with the Bulls. T-Wolves, they got the split. Can they win this series in your mind against Memphis? I think that they believe they can win this series, which is all that really matters. I mean, they, they believe in themselves more than anybody else has, and I feel like that's what's gotten them to this point. But my thing... When I was watching that game the other night, Carl Anthony Towns has to stay out of foul yes. trouble. He only played 28 minutes the other night, and you need more out of your all-star center, who is, the mo- who is the most important player on your team. Anthony Edwards is incredible. Don't get me wrong. He had 36 points in game one. Uh, I believe that was the most that we had seen from a sub-20-year-old, uh, sorry, a sub-21-year-old since LeBron James in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an incredible debut, but you really need more out of Carl Anthony Towns. He can't be playing 28 minutes in a game. It's just not going to get the job done. The, the Grizzlies have too much firepower. I mean, we've seen it. They've put up over 120 points uh, in the last game in a blowout win. It's it's going to be a high-scoring series, high-octane series, but at the same time, I mean, the Timberwolves aren't going to be able to hang around if Carl Anthony Towns can't stay on the floor. They're going to need more out of him, and uh, we haven't seen that yet so far. But going back to Minnesota, uh, 1-1, I think that's all they could really ask for. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I mean, like I said, they believe in themselves, so – I don't know why anybody wouldn't believe that they can win the series. No, let's go to the one seed in the West in Phoenix and the predicament that they find themselves in right now without Devin Booker. Have you heard anything, Kyle, as far as the how long he's going to be out? Is there a chance he comes back in the first round? What have you heard? So far, I've heard that it's looking like games three and four, Devin Booker is going to be out with that hamstring issue. Uh, he did deal with a hamstring issue a little bit earlier this season, but it was actually on the other leg, so this is a whole new mm. injury altogether. Uh, but, I mean, you look at the, the Phoenix Suns as the number one seed. They are, they've been the most consistent team in the NBA all year long, and all of a sudden they're dealing with some adversity. I mean, do you think that they probably thought they were going into New Orleans? <laughs> this series all nodded at one-to-one? Probably not. But I think it's worth noting that they were one of the best road teams in NBA history this year. I believe they came up one win shy of the 73-9 and Golden State Warriors wow. team. Uh, that broke the record for the best record in the NBA. They came up one win shy of uh, beating their road record for the best in NBA history. So, I mean, they still have Chris Paul healthy. Knock on wood, it feels like that could change in the you know flip of a coin. Uh, Chris Paul's health in the playoffs. But as long as he's healthy, DeAndre Ayton uh, has still been awesome in this series. They still have plenty of guys, and Mikel Bridges and the six-man-of-the-year six candidate and Cameron Johnson. So even though you know the, the top seed is trembling a little bit with one of their best players, Dealing with an injury, I do kind of have a feeling that they're making sure that he's going to be as ready to go as possible for the later rounds because I still think they feel pretty comfortable about where they stand in the series. So here we are just uh, basically a week into the real playoffs after the play-in round, and things have changed for, I think, a lot of people. What was your finals prediction before the playoffs, and has it changed here a week in? I actually I thought it was going to be a repeat of Suns Bucks. I was really Damn. confident about Giannis being the best player in the world right now. Uh, carrying the Milwaukee Bucks to the NBA Finals. 
And the Suns have been the best team in the NBA all year long, so I had no reason to believe that it wouldn't still be them. And as good as the Golden State Warriors have looked, and this is obviously Devin Booker's injury pending, I still believe the Phoenix Suns are going to represent the Western Conference. But all of a sudden, things get interesting out, out east. Because if Chris Middleton isn't healthy, I think the Bulls are going to give the Bucks trouble, and they're going to end up having to play more games than they would have liked to in the first round. I think the Boston Celtics look really good right now. I mean, I, that series is far from over. Um, but I do think they have a good chance to represent the East uh, in the NBA Finals. But if I were to say right now I'm going to stick with Bucks, uh, Bucks Suns, but I do think that, you know, in the Eastern Conference specifically, uh, whether it's the Boston Celtics that come out or, I mean, the Miami Heat have still been rolling, that defense is tenacious. I think those two teams uh, have a pretty good chance of knocking off the defending champs and representing the East. Hmm. Going to be fascinating. Uh, Phoenix's longest losing streak this year. You know how long, how many games it was, Trent? Two. Two. <laughs> <laughs> Their longest losing streak of the year, two games. Uh, Kyle, you're spot on. They've been the best team uh, in the NBA all season long. Uh, Kyle, thanks for doing this for us. Uh, hopefully your schedule allows to do it uh, with us a couple more times before the series, uh, before we crown a champion. Really appreciate your contribution here, Kyle. Thank you. Of course, anytime. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, good to talk to you. Yep. Kyle Irving, Sporting News, as we talk a little NBA. Are you still on? I want the Warriors. Yeah. And. Because you bet them? Well, that. Right. But there's just something about that team, mm-hmm. just how fun they are. It was, uh, I told you my grandma's birthday this past weekend and, and visiting with her, and she still says, You know, you told me a few years ago to watch that team. I don't, don't watch a lot of NBA, but. I just really like watching them play, and that's Steph Curry. He's just such a cute, <laughs> handsome boy. I like watching him play. Like, well, you know, he's he's in his 30s now, Grandma. Well, yeah, but he, he's still just a little kid to me. Well, and he's uh, starting to take advantage of being Steph Curry. He's got a lot of commercials out there. Yes, he does. Oh, uh, he's so fun to watch. Playoffs have been great. Yep. Playoffs have been great. Got to hand it to the NBA. Um, not a great regular season league, but boy, oh boy, it ratchets up when it comes to postseason. Speaking of which... Are the Iowa Wild going to be a part of it? We'll talk to Ben Gislason next. Find out what the Wild have to do is they have four games left. They play three in a row this weekend. Friday, Saturday at home, and then Sunday in Rockford uh, before they get a day off and the season comes to an end. Or does it? Is there playoffs in the future? Ben will help us out next. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. Uh, One on Smurf and Andy sent you. Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps, and the players bump, and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. I love stomping Tom Connors. I know you That's do. That's an anthem right there, baby. Puts a smile on your face. It does. It absolutely does. Brings back fond, fond memories. Ben Gislason, the Iowa Wild. Are they going to create any postseason memories in 2022? Let's go to the voice of the Iowa Wild. Hello, Ben, Trent, and Ken. How are you? Hey, gentlemen, it's great to be on with you here this morning, and uh, what an excellent intro there. Stompin' Tom Connors, one of the best. I've got uh, that etched in my childhood growing up on the pond as well, so that's a great start to my morning. Thanks for that, fellas. No, absolutely, you and me both. So uh, help us out here, Ben. It seems like uh, you know there's uh, Friday and Saturday at home, then onto the road, Rockford. You've got a back-to-back-to-backer. I know it's not, it's not uh, uh, something that doesn't happen in the AHL, uh, but uh, certainly asking a lot to all three nights to play. Um, 
where are they playoff wise? What do they need to do to post their post to punch their postseason ticket? Yeah, it's it, it's massively convoluted the scenarios, which is both fun but also stressful. Uh, the, the the easiest way that we broke it down, because again, it'll all get easier next year, as I've talked about with some other people when we've talked about playoff picture is. There's not schedule unification in the AHL yet, so teams play different amount of games, which creates a bit of havoc this time of year because it's all about win percentage, not just simply who has more points than the next team. Essentially, the Wild have put themselves in a great spot for the final playoff spot, which is the fifth-place spot in the Central, which is where they are sitting right now. That win they had over Grand Rapids on Tuesday night here in Des Moines was huge. Uh, It Essentially, it didn't and Grand Rapids season, but it puts them in a very difficult spot to catch Iowa, so it sort of puts them out of the equation for that final playoff spot. Texas is the team that is the most close or the closest to Iowa. They're the most dangerous, and as poetically as it will be, yeah, Friday and Saturday night, that's who's in town. So it, it, it really, from a regular season standpoint, it doesn't get much more dramatic, um, more intense, more important than Friday and Saturday night, based off of the way that we were looking at this at the beginning of the of this homestand for Iowa was if you can win two of these three, you're in great shape because you took care of one team basically with Grand Rapids on Tuesday. If you can even sneak one out against Texas, maybe even take that second game into overtime to get that extra point, mm-hmm. you'd put yourself in a great spot. Obviously, if you take the next two, you probably have sealed it mathematically. It still might not be done yet, but you'll have put Texas in a very difficult spot to try to climb back into that fifth-place spot. So it really it all comes down to puck drop tomorrow night, and, and then it will probably not be over until the end of Saturday night. So just two monumental games. It's obviously got myself, everyone in the organization, everyone in the room, coaching staff involved, very, very excited for two gigantic games. 7-2-0-1 over the last 10, really since April started. Is it fair to say this team is playing their best hockey right now? It is. Uh, I, I definitely think it is. It's the best month that the Wild have had, period. Uh, you know, they were really good in November back at the beginning of the season, uh, and then Minnesota robbed us of a few players, which is their prerogative. Yep. And those players they've taken have gone on to do very, very great things uh, up there, so it makes sense why they took them. Um, but this team has found a way, and we've actually had a little bit of that again happen recently. Connor Dewar, who has been a driver for the team all season, he spent a lot of the year in Minnesota, came back at the beginning of this great run. About halfway through the run, they called him back up. So you lose him, and yet you keep winning. And then you also lose Mitchell Chafee, who has been the brightest star that nobody maybe thought about this year for Iowa. He's been fantastic, especially in the second half. He gets called up, yet Iowa's still finding a way to win. So I think with those two things considered, not only the record that they put behind them this month, but the fact that they are still losing some guys, some key pieces, and still finding a way to win, that to me signals they are playing their best hockey. And as you guys know, uh, in sports, but especially in hockey, it's all about playing your best at the right time of the year, and that's what Iowa's doing right now. How have they done against Texas, who, again, they'll face, uh, they'll host on Thursday, or, excuse me, on Friday and on Saturday night. How's the regular season gone between the two clubs? It, it, it was a split at the beginning of the year. They then didn't see each other again until February. Texas came in here, took both games at the end of February, and then uh, 
midway through April at the end of a six-game road trip, Iowa went down to Austin, Texas, and beat them twice in Texas. So it's been a really seesaw series back and forth. It's been a really entertaining series. The two games down in Texas were the two best games of the year, in my opinion, as far as pace and intensity goes. It was great. The energy was great. The building was great. I only expect to see similar this weekend from the Wild fans packing it downtown at Wells Fargo Arena Friday and Saturday night. I expect the intensity and electricity of the building to be very high. There will be that nervous energy that you can really you can feel it tangibly in buildings like that when the fans know what is at stake. Obviously, the players know what is at stake. So if it's anything like what we saw in Texas a couple weekends ago, expect to see high-end drama and have it go down to the wire. Uh, it was a shootout win uh, in the let's see, Saturday night in Texas, and then it was a shutout win on Sunday. So it's really the series has had a lot of everything. I'm expecting high drama from puck drop. 7 o'clock tomorrow night against the Stars, and Saturday at 6 o'clock, same team in the building for that one. Saturday will be fan appreciation night, and it always jumps off the page to me. Friday night, tomorrow night, $2 beer night, courtesy of 100.3 The Bus. It should jump out at you. Yeah, fan appreciation is a big night for every AHL team, every team that does it. Uh, we're extremely excited about the opportunity to have it. Um, you know, it's really one of those situations where we're just going to, quite honestly, pour gasoline on the fire for our fans, try to get them as much content, as much giveaways, as much uh, a fun experiences at a game as we can, really uh, give an homage to our fans. Because if there's one thing that I learned very quickly when I got to Des Moines five years ago now, before I even started working for the Iowa Wild, hockey is alive and well in this in this state of ours. It's grown. the city of Des Moines, and we have a, a huge fan base that, I know is going to be very bought in this weekend and a great opportunity not only to come out and watch a great game, but to enjoy uh, what will be a great night just for the fans as well with Fan Appreciation Night on Saturday. Yeah, there is no doubt that the sport is uh, is taking hold and growing. Still some work to do, but it's certainly headed in the right direction. So Friday, Saturday at home, then on the bus to Rockford. If I mean, there is one more home game, right? That return, Rockford does yeah. make one more trip, right? Wednesday? Yep, that's actually a makeup game from a cancellation, or a oh, okay. postponement, I should say, an earlier season game. I think it was in January uh, when the Wild and the Ice Hogs could not. I, I, I honestly, at this point, can't even remember if it was us or them <laughs> <laughs> that that couldn't play that night. Uh, but I know that one of those teams couldn't play, so we've been we've had that game rescheduled. And funny how all of a sudden it could wind up being a night where we're grateful that we have a chance to to win in a dramatic moment like that. Now, I think the Wild, considering the spot they're in, are hoping that it doesn't come down to that final game, but it very well might. Indeed. Uh, We will talk to you during the playoffs. I think there's going to be postseason hockey at Wells Fargo Arena. Ben, thanks for jumping on again. The Wild, uh, Friday night, 7 o'clock, Saturday night at 6. Ben, thank you. You guys are terrific. Ken, Trent, thank you. Good to talk to you. Hour 2 coming up next, 106.3 KX.